Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you'd like to join the best digital marketing agency community on the planet and let us help you scale, go to twiz.io to sign up today. What is going on, agency owners? On uh, this podcast, in this episode, in this video, we have our special guest, Tyler Mullins. This is second Tyler Mullins podcast that will be released. And we are covering one of the most common misunderstandings and one of the most confusing things building an agency. It's how do I effectively train people? What's the difference between an SOP and a training? And most people do not understand the psychology of this. So we're going to be breaking this down. Tyler Mullen, seven-figure agency owner, um, just come be, I'm going to be walking through the model and then we'll actually open up through some Q&A. And if you don't know who I am, I'm Jordan Ross. I'm the founder of Apex Agency, where we make it possible for you to scale your business while exiting and adding millions of dollars in revenue. And Tyler is a perfect example. Tyler in nine months has added $100,000 a month in revenue. And in 10 months, he's going to add 150000 So like this guy's balling the fuck out, boys. Um, all right. So let's kind of share my screen. Let's um, break this down. Now, when it comes to training, I want to quickly, what is the difference between SOP and training? I am recording, right? Yes. So an SOP tells someone what to do, which you, if you're looking at my screen, you do not see that. So if you think about it, an SOP should be dummy proof. A child should be able to follow an SOP, right? That is something that does not require logical thinking. An admin should be able to follow your SOPs. You need to train people though, if you were doing things that are more complex. So let's just use the example of sales, right? Like you can't just throw someone into sales and just expect them to, to crush it unless they're a killer closer. Like there's a lot of complexities that come with selling, right? So training, the purpose of training, as you could see right here, it teaches people how to think. And if I am if I am on a call, if I am doing account management, if I'm doing copyright, if I'm doing guerrilla marketing, the whole point of training, it shows team members all the routes they could walk. So I'll give you an example here. I, I literally gave this example a few hours ago. Um, if you are an email marketing agency, when it comes to a subject line, there's like 10 to 20 different types of subject lines you could write. There can be a, a question. You could ask a question in a subject line. You could make a bold claim in a subject line, right? You could use the person's name. Like, so there are so many different styles of ways you could actually make a subject line. Then you need to teach people, here's all the different types of subject lines. Here's how you know which one to write in this moment, right? Because scenario to scenario, you're, they have to independently know which of these models or which of these paths do I need to take? And then when they are actually taking that, how do I do that effectively, right? So if you think about it, right, there's, I'll actually just build this out in real time. Whoa, don't know what the fuck that is. That's fun. So if you think about this little box, right? So this is the box, like I'm going to do the thing. There's, I could go this way. 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 I could go this way again. Right. So it's teaching people to understand and see all the different routes they can take. Just 
and educating them which route do you need to take to get to your ultimate goal, right? So there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's nine ways you could go. Here's how you know which way to go. Now let me teach you how to do it. Now let me teach you the best way to do it. So that's the concept of training. It's basically introducing all the different variables. Most people make the mistake of training someone by, hey, I want you to shadow me. You do not want to do that. You want to train someone by having them watch a process that goes through that mind map, like of all the different things, right? So like you want to have a video that shows people all the different things they could do. So you want to have an overarching video that teaches people you can go here, 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 you can go here. Are you getting the point, right? And then your secondary videos, okay, there's two, four, six, there's eight different ways to do this. I'm going to, then you have videos breaking down each of the eight things, right? On how to do it. Here's how to know, here's the eight things. Here's how to know which of the eight ways to do this. Here's how to actually do the eight things individually. So when you're training someone, you're reviewing the process in an overarching way. Then you're training on each of the individual components. And then you're training someone how to execute. These are through videos. So this is the foundation, right? Knowing how to drive this. And the big thing they need to understand, how do I execute? Like, how do I hit the goal or the target of this task? So a good example, when I'm selling, how do I close a 20% closing rate? How do I close that 30% closing rate? There's different strategies. At this point, and then we'll go to Q&A. You've now trained someone. You've given them the introductory information. This is just the start of training because now this is where the hard work comes in. You need to audit and coach, which is different than training. So I have this model here. Good training has three steps. When you train someone on a concept, right, where you have all these different routes, you're going to build what's called synaptic connections in the brain. It's forming new connections. I'm showing you how to do something. How many times have you taken a test in college and high school, wherever you went to school, and within 24 hours, you don't remember anything? That's called pruning. Connections form and they prune. The only way we could effectively train is when we form these connections, we build what's called myelin. Myelin is basically tape that allows these connections to stay. The way I'm able to recite all of this to you is because my brain connections have myelin, which every time I start this trigger, it just basically like a railroad runs its course. The only way to build myelin is through deep work application feedback. So how do we do that? How do we intentionally and tangibly do deep work and application? So you're going to go send your team off on their way to apply these learnings. If when you train someone on all the different paths they could walk and they could go path one, you want to show them how to do path one, you want them to execute, right? Go practice it or go do it for a client. Then when they are doing it, you need to audit and review it. So the analogy I like to give, um, I grew up playing soccer and basketball. I'll give a basketball analogy. I feel like that's a sport that's in most countries. Uh, when you were going up for a contested layup. So if I'm going to go score the bat, the, the ball, but I have someone contesting me, it's my body positioning is a little bit different or it's a lot different than if I go up just by myself. So in this example, when I'm going up and someone's trying to block me, prevent me from scoring the ball, I have to move the ball from above my head where they could block it to the right. So if you're the coach or if you're the owner of something, you're going to see that person who does the task. They might have the ball straight out ahead. 
You need to be like, hey, I need you to move the ball to the right. I need you to put your left shoulder up so you can't get blocked, and that way it'll allow you to score. And then when you move it, when you push the ball up, I need you to push the ball up higher in the backboard because it's going to go over the defender. Those are what I call coaching micro behaviors. They're small tweaks that allow the person who's doing the deep work to build more myelin after giving feedback. Then you tell them to go do it again, right? So you make these small training and coaching fixes that compound their learnings. They make a 1% shift, a 2% shift, and they go do it again. Then you audit again, then they review it again, you coach on micro behaviors again, then they do it again. This is why training is not simple because it actually requires your time. You have to have the variables to actually like be there to catch them. So what I do on my calendar this afternoon after this call, Tyler, one of the things I audit my consultants and I audit my sales professionals. So like my sales professionals, I audit two calls a week and my consultants, I'm usually auditing two or three calls a week until like that. And granted, I have crazy, stupid high standards. So I'm auditing until we hit these things. So that's how you coach and that's how you build a training process. Do you have any questions on how this applies to Omni? Yeah, I have a few questions. Um, so I'll just start with that last point that you're making there. What about tasks that aren't hyper repetitive? So for example, maybe it's the start of a new client relationship um, where we're doing something like drafting a script for that individual client. How would you go about making it so that those audits are, are constantly happening, especially in like the day-to-day -day kind of swirl of all the things that are going on and how busy someone can get? Like, how do I make sure that when somebody does something that happens on a irregular, repetitive basis, I'm able to catch that, audit that, and give feedback on that? Yeah, so there's two different ways. You could intentionally just put it into your project management for that employee. Like, whenever we onboard a new client, until I know this person can do it perfectly, I have to audit them every time. And that audit might, if they onboard the employee on a Monday and they do the thing on Monday, you might only get to it on Wednesday or Thursday but you still need to do it, right? That's option number one. Option number two is create the onboarding experience, do a simulation, right? So you could go back to all of your other onboardings and be like, hey, I, here's the information. I want you to run this process of this as if it's like real. So that way you could simulate that process because you could go back through all of your clients and basically just provide the information to the person. And then you could in real time, like, give them real feedback on something that is real that could happen. So those are two ways. This is Jordan Ross. Booking meetings at scale month over month is hard. Over the last three years, I've been accumulating the best hacks my clients have been using to set appointments for their seven and eight figure businesses. I've taken all of these systems and now my agency, Eight Figure Agency, books 60 to 85 meetings a month. That's 15 meetings a week on average, which has supercharged my agency past the million dollar run rate. I wanna help simplify lead generation for your agency, so I made a free training on how I do this. Yep, that's right. I'm giving away the entire system for free. If you wanna set 85 appointments a month, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash leads to get your free training today. That's eightfigureagency.co forward slash leads. Okay. 
And then, so I like the analogy that you were making about the the different paths, where it was becoming a little bit abstract to me, or maybe I just wasn't comprehending it as well, is was in the example of the subject lines. Um, for the subject lines, where there's a bunch of different ways to really write subject lines, instead we have a client come on and that client specializes in you know, a sub niche of what we do. And then another client specializes in a slightly different sub niche. Like how would I define the different writing styles that somebody could go to from those two different sub niches, for example, and in the trainings for sub niche A and sub niche B, like what would be included? What would the substance look like? Is that yeah, question so, clear? Yeah. So that's a great question because this is why I think having the one niche is really important because let's just use subject lines you might have eight different types of subject lines you could write in an email, but those subject lines will change drastically if you're writing that for a SaaS company or an e-commerce company. So sometimes let's just say you're doing for a blockchain company and like a web three company. I don't know. That's not blockchain. You might have to make the training twice. You might have to show all the different types of things you could do for that type of process twice one for blockchain one for web3 perfect okay i understand that actually that was a great answer to my question and then when it comes to i'm trying to think of how to frame this best when it comes to like a potentially unbound or non-predetermined amount of potential pathways like how would you go about developing that training in that instance especially when you're working with video content so let's say, okay, I, I perceive there to be eight paths, but realistically, as we start, you know, developing this, as we start going down this avenue, we're recognizing that there's now 15 paths. Yeah. Which you make the there. training and then you add to the training and then you re-record the training, right? So it's allowing yourself to not be perfect, right? It's allowing yourself for continuous improvement. So we think there's eight paths. We actually do it. And now there's another one and another one and another one and another one. So you know, in the interim, you might not have to make a new training. You just might have to train the individual employee on these specific paths that are new. We'll just color them for the sake of coloring them. Whoops. So this is new. So when you train your employees and you build the new trainings for these new these new ones that you just discovered, record it and just throw it into the and throw it into the archives of mm -hmm. your like videos modules. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I like that structure. Um, and then what should I be looking to, so, uh, again, I like the coach analogy that you used. I created one of the scenarios that I have that I think is a little bit nuanced is one thing that I'm trying to, and I thought an SOP would solve as the solution for this, but I, I'm now starting to understand that it's probably not the solution for this, but small fires, you know, there could be almost an infinite amount of small fires that come up but the training model seems to fit the small fire as well. So I'm yes curious if the synergy is using SOPs to be able to identify when a small fire is present and when to leverage that to a decision maker, but then when they can handle it themselves in the trainings, like how would I go about, you know, defining that? Are you, I, I think you might get to categorizing yep. the difference fires. Okay. Yeah. So types of fires are types of things that could go wrong. So when I think about things breaking, you have to teach them two things. What can go wrong? And what are the escalation points? Right? Mm -hmm. So here are all the different types of fires. Here's how to think through these types of fires. So like 
if you were to, can you just give me like two examples in real time, like two things that have broken or have gone wrong in the last 12 months for your business? Yeah. Uh, an example could be, you know, clients cancels on two-factor authentication call and now 2FA has been delayed three days. Uh, another example could be, um, you know, outstanding invoice on uh, a paid deliverable, doesn't get paid on time, paid deliverable needs to be, um, you know, recategorized or a deliverable we're using needs to be changed, for example. Great. So these are two, there's so much ambiguity here. This is why we need to teach people how to think. So the number one thing we're teaching them how to think is empowerment of here is something that there's ambiguity. And I think this is what's not taught in school. People are taught to like study. This is one answer. And this is like, this is one problem. This is the answer. Like when you have problems of like, Hey, there's an outstanding invoice on deliverable. We've never covered this. What do I do? What you need to start empowering your people on, like in this specific example, you need to train people on mental models and empower them. Right. So like when, Sometimes you need a pause, be like, okay, like what's my personal process that's allowing me to actually like solve this problem? Okay, so the first one is I'm just reverse engineering success here, right? The second thing is, I mean, what would Tyler do? WWTD, right? The third thing that, you know, outstanding deliverable is like personal lot, right? So you need to teach them different mental models, like, on different ways to think to solve problems. So sometimes you need to train your people on how to solve problems that don't have answers. And you need to, in those moments, pause. What am I thinking about? Like, how am I solving this problem in real time? Write it down, right? Add to your list. And then you might find that as you solve problems, you have five different mental models that you solve problems through. Because we all have mental models on how we solve problems, right? So it's capturing those mental models writing those down and then building trainings for how to think that way. And then the next time a problem comes up, if they escalate to you, hey, we have five mental models that we use to solve problems. Which of the five should you use? Don't ask me go back and use one of those to come back to me with an answer. So it's now that you have the training, it's when if they escalate and they have not done it, you push back on them with, I need you to use one of the mental models, try to solve it and then come back to me. So it's forcing them to use your models that you teach them. Awesome. And I think this is going to be my last, at least high level question. When it comes to, when it comes to the synergy between SOPs, trainings, and heuristics, which I, I, I love heuristics, by the way. Um, that was, those were a, heuristics, by the way. What I just showed you was basically heuristics. Okay, awesome. So when it comes to the synergy between uh, trainings and SOPs, like what does that synergy look like in a consistent content or in not in a consistent theme of work? So we know first month of a client, for example, always looks like this and it's comprised of 30 tasks. How would I build SOPs and trainings in synergy so that that task is assigned completely? Yeah. I just want you to think of like an SOP is simpler in process and a training is just more in depth. That those it's like they're both gonna be in a Google Doc, right? Or in like a notion, right? It's just the SOP is literally straightforward the 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 training might have to you might have two videos that you tie to or three documents that you're referencing or a list of heuristics which for those of you who don't know heuristics are simple sets of rules that drive complex sets of behaviors you might have to reference like a heuristic database right so it's like a training just gonna be more in depth it's gonna go deeper
you just gave me a to-do item to build a heuristics database. But uh, those are my only questions there, Jay Ross. Thanks, man. Well, man. Guys, uh, Tyler, really great questions. I think this is going to help a lot of people. If this is something that you need help with, which you do, because I have never met anyone in the marketplace that understands training like I do. Like, there is not a single person that works with agencies in the fucking world that understands heuristics, myelin, training, and psychology like we do at 8-Figure Agency. Go to 8figureagency.co forward slash call to book a call with us, and we will not only build a model like we're doing with Tyler to help you do this, we'll build a custom map on how you could execute this and scale your team so they can operate without needing you. Tyler, thank you so much for your time. Team, go book a fucking call because we are going to help you scale your agency like crazy like we would tie. Cheers.